Hello, Chris here with another episode of the Make It Podcast. And in this episode, we have a conversation with writer and director Joey Von Hager. Joey is the king of short films here in Nashville with over 10 shorts to his credit in just the past four years. He is the co-founder of Gold Screen Pictures and the co-creator of the web series Cup of Joe. Currently, Joey is working on a feature film and a short film version of the previously mentioned web series Cup of Joe. Joey attended Watkins College of Art, Design, and Film, and with an eye for comedy, one can find Joey working in all areas of entertainment, spanning from film to radio. Without any further delay, please enjoy this short, fun, and informational conversation with writer and director Joey Von Hager. You're listening to Make It, a podcast by Bonsai Creative that helps aspiring professionals in film get where they're going faster by dissecting the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives in the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley. My name is Joey Von Hager. I'm a writer, director, and a podcaster here in Nashville. Um, you might have seen my stuff. Uh, Cup of Joe was a nice little web series we did for a while. Um, Gareth was a short that we did. Um, and then, of course, podcasting. So if you uh, are a podcaster or a listener of podcasts, then National Film Radio and Poor Man's Movie Review and Retcon and a couple others. Um, you can find all those, obviously, on iTunes and and whatnot. Um, and then coming up, uh, some of more of the same, more podcasts, um, Cup of Joe short film, uh, about to get actually after this interview with, with CV, I'm going to get on the phone with Mike White and talk about doing another short before the end of the year. And then hopefully Gareth turning into a short, um, sometime next year or turning into a feature rather sometime next year. Um, but yeah, that's what to look forward to. Joey Von Hager, AKA yeah, Joey Bags. Welcome to the podcast. This is great. It's awesome. I don't even have to go anywhere. I'm just in my. I'm in my office. I can uh, drink beers and talk to you. Talk to to you about uh, movies and podcasting and that stuff. It's fun. I love it. Excited. Man. Yeah, me too. It's been a long time coming. Uh, yeah, you're a, a hometown favorite here and one of my favorites, and you're always fun to be with and be around. And there's uh, you're an eclectic guy. Uh, I'll, oh, say, I'll say that up front. Having done. Uh, and collected my notes uh, on you uh, for the mm-hmm. last week. Um, oh gosh, this, I hope this there's is, nothing crazy in there. Uh, well, we hope there is. Um, oh, okay. But there was actually a lot to dig into just on your cool. introduction of yourself. Um, so, for example, I, I do want to be clear with the audience. So, Gareth is a short film that you did in mm-hmm. 2017, and you're thinking it's about. Of, uh, a little moving bit earlier that to a that. feature about, film, about right? 2004. It was about 2016. 16, 16. was when okay. we really did it. Yep, yep, that's right. Got it. Yep, and um, a producer in town named Chris Connor um, had uh, who I'd worked with on a reality TV show, um, 2014 or 15, I think. Uh, he had he had seen the film and loved it, and every once in a while, and I see him about two three times a year. 
Um, he had kind of been every time we talked like, eh, I think Garrett should be a feature. You really should kind of think about that. And, um, so I, I took him to his word and, and said, all right, well, what do I need to do? And obviously he's, he said, write a, write a script. So, uh, that's where, where we are now. Um, and once we get past that, then, um, hopefully, um, Chris, who, who does want to be involved in the, in the movie, um, hopefully he, uh, you know, can, can put it somewhere or get in front of the right people. And then ideally we look at, uh, uh, making it next year. Um, but, but it was a, it was a big fan favorite. It was a big fan or it was, you know, it did well in the, in the town. Um, we learned a lot doing it. Um, we learned a lot of what not to do after we did it. Uh, so there's a lot that I want to change. There's a lot that I want to improve on. And I like the idea in the world that we created, enough to, uh, to, I think revisit it, uh, in a longer form. So hoping to, hoping to, to ideally get that, uh, done next summer or so, um, shooting wise, uh, you know how it goes, it's, you know, money and time and all that kind of stuff has to, has to line up, but ideally that's what we're looking at. No question. And, uh, Bonta has indirectly worked with Chris Conyers before, uh, he actually shot a reality series about a fishing show that we were advising on that, oh, cool. uh, has not and probably will not pan out, but, um, interesting oh, I- it doesn't, right? <laughs> yeah. Interesting idea all the same. And you sure. mentioned some things you're working on now, but you didn't mention time after time. Didn't you do a short called time after time, uh, this year? Yeah. So, um, we did, uh, time after time is a 48 hour film festival short. Um, we did, this is the second year we've done it. Um, and the, we, in this sense means, uh, pretty much, um, Dean Shortland, uh, Ted Welch and myself who did a, did a film last year, produced it last year. And then we, we did another one this year, kind of brought everybody back, uh, and had a bunch of new members, uh, actually some people we didn't work with last year. So <clears throat> Jason Marsden being one who's on the poster of it. And, um, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, Heather Landon who, who produced, um, so a lot, we brought in a lot of other people and, uh, just wanted to have fun and wanted to, um, you know, as much as I'll say about it, you know, wanted to play by the rules and see, you know, how we could, uh, handle the workshop of the 48 hour film festival. Um, and just kind of, you know, how the 48 goes, you just kind of, the story happened in about two hours and then we just sort of try to put it together. And, and I think we think it has legs otherwise, um, not in the iteration that it's in now, but I like the story enough. I mean, we got romance and decided, if we're going to do a romantic movie, well, let's make it interesting for us. And of course that meant, you know, time travel, sci-fi. So we added that element to it. Um, and that, yeah, that's the most recent thing we've done. And I'm, I'm really proud of how it turned out. Did, uh, Ted take the lead on writing? Yeah. Ted, Ted wrote Welch. the movie. Yep. Ted wrote the movie. Uh, Dean executive produced the movie. I directed the movie. Uh, and then of course Dean's in it. Actually Dean won best actor. Um, this year in the Nashville 48 for that, uh, for his role in that movie. That sounds um, about right. <laughs> yeah. So congrats to him. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and then Ted was nominated. Um, so we, we, yeah, we yeah. got, we got, we got a lot of good stuff out of that movie. It was fun. That's awesome. Um, and you mentioned earlier the town dug it. And when you're talking about the town, you're talking about Nashville, but, yeah. uh, you went to UC UTC and then came up to Nashville for Watkins. Are you from yeah. Tennessee? Yeah. Um, so I was born in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and then when I was four years old, my parents moved for my mom was back to Nashville, to middle Tennessee. And, um, and I've lived here ever since I went to college, like you mentioned, 
in, in Chattanooga, but that's the furthest I've gone as far as putting my roots down. Um, otherwise, I've been here. So I've got to see the film community honestly grow from nothing um, into what it is now, which is, uh, you know, a community and a culture that still needs a little bit more growth. But, yeah, I mean, there wasn't one. Even yeah. even back when I was in Watkins, 2000, um, I guess it was six through eight, um, even then was uh, – was pretty sparse. Usually people were kind of just planning to leave town to, you know, go to LA. And then of course, eventually uh, Atlanta and it's booming, booming film community, but that's changed, which is good. Yeah. I'd love to put an earmark in that because, um, or love to earmark that, that comment, that conversation. Cause I want to ask you about the sure. national film community a little bit later. Yeah. Um, you, you, you came out of Watkins college and, um, you seemingly got right to work. It, I watched all of your work this last yeah. week, um, which can make you feel good or make you feel paranoid. I, yeah. I guess no. have different guess have different responses to, the, to that. But um, I got a few videos that need some hits, so that's good. There it is. Well, you know, I watched I watched a short called uh, TPV Two. Was that your first film? T- uh, like TPV Two, I don't even know what that is. Unless it was just like, I'm trying to think if that was a, uh, like an acronym or whatever for something. The first thing I ever worked on. It, it was, been, it was, it's a, it's a short film you have on Vimeo. Um, one of only three videos you have up there for yourself, but. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. My Vimeo is not up, uh, uh, kept up with, um, let me, I don't know. Let me pull that up myself. Just, uh, what, uh, it's about a fighting couple that uh, buys a house and the house ends up being more than they bargained for. Oh, um, oh gosh. Is that attached to my Vimeo? No, I, that was a movie that I, I, I worked on. I think I gripped on that movie. Got um, it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, no, I remember what you're talking about now. Yeah. No, no, that was, yeah, that would have been one of the first things we worked on. So yeah, that's <laughs> accurate. I think, um, that's interesting that it's attached to me. I did not know that. I had to check that. I, you're giving me some things to do, Chris. I need to, I need to kind of clean up my social media accounts and my, my resources in that sense. No um, question. So, so was it? So in that case, then maybe it was yeah. Lebo or or did Joe come first? Yeah. So Lebo was one of the first ones I did. That Lebo was uh, it was a 48. Actually, it was the first 48 I did. Um, I was working again. The back to the Chris Connor thing. We were doing this show called Highway to Fame. Uh, I was an editor on it. Um, in fact, assistant editor really. And, uh, uh, in that time period we had, um, we had decided, uh, Sarah Foster, who was one of our producers, had decided let's bring in some, um, interns. Let's bring in some, some help and some interns for the show. And so, um, called around, brought some people down from, uh, Southern Illinois university, which is where I ended up meeting Wes Powers, who is a mutual friend of you and I, mm-hmm. And, um, uh, basically they kind of, th- these interns came to, to us and we're like, we want to do this national, f- you know, 48 hour film festival. Um, and they asked me if I wanted to direct it and I was like, okay, sure. You know, I, I directed a few things before that. I can't remember to be honest off the top of my head. Um, but four or five things before that, that were short and whatnot, but I never done the 48. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. It sounds fun. And uh, so we put a little crew together, um, ended up having our actor bail on us the day before. And so we had wow. 
my buddy of ours, Kyle, who was going to be on the crew, do the part, and he ended up killing it and did a good job. And um, I think we won. I think we won our genre that year. Um, but that was, yeah, that was definitely one of the first things I did, at least credited, unless I need to look through my Vimeo and really clean this thing up like I'm, I'm thinking I need to do. But, uh, but yeah, it was, um, it was fun. Lebo was an awesome movie. Yeah, and I and, and I want to read down a list of of your short films because um, there are some that will call you the short film king in yeah. town. Uh, yeah. We have um, Gareth, Wishful uh-huh. Thinking, Never yep. Too Old, Time After Time, Drafted, The Mission, Downline, Gratuity yep. Not Included. That's a web series, uh, Cup of Joe web series, and you've got a friend in me. Uh, the ones we've already mentioned, you you made a lot of short films, not a lot of features. Is that a strategy? Uh, y- yes, I think I think initially indirectly, and I think after that directly. Um, so to start at the beginning, I that's all I knew how to do and how to pay for, um, which a lot of the times was nothing. So I didn't want to, you know, ask people, hey, will you guys shoot with me for thirty seven days uh, for nothing? Um, you know, obviously a lot, not a lot of people are going to do that, but at the same time, I also didn't know how to write a feature. And so that's kind of how it started. And then recently, most recently for sure, um, keeping up the, um, the shorts side of things, especially on my end, writing and directing, um, it's been more of, I, I, I'd like to hone my craft a little bit. I'd like to get better at, at this. I'd like to get better at what I'm doing. Um, before I, I really take the leap. Now, at this point, though, I really Let feel me, like um, Go Forgive ahead. me. I'd, I'd love to interject on that. Um, mm-hmm. What What is it that you think you need to get better at, objectively speaking? I think it's important, um, though we all kind of gravitate toward uh, a subject matter or even a genre or whatever, whether we're writing or directing or telling a story in any capacity. And, and for mine, it's usually comedy. I think it's important and has been for me to explore a few other things to not, not sort of testing the waters, but to hone that part of it. Because I think any good movie and story has elements from a lot of different places. So uh, comedic elements and romantic elements and dramatic elements and, and whatnot. So I think for me, it's important to hone that stuff and to get at least a better idea, especially if it's stuff that's, fun, easy, and free. Um, if we can do a movie like that, if somebody has got an idea, like for instance, I mentioned, I think earlier, I don't know if we were recording at that point, but I've got a call after this with, uh, Mike White who shot time after time, mm-hmm. uh, and who I went to school with actually. Um, and we're going to talk about a short and we just kind of want to do it. Um, we just want to do a short. We want to do something a little bit different. He's been kind of bogged down with the stuff he's been doing. I've been heavy, heavy, heavy comedy, and I'm going to be continuing to do more comedy. Um, so I was like, let's, yeah, let's do something different. Let's do something outside of our little kind of comfort zone and box and stretch our legs a little bit. So I think it's, I think it's pointed in a way. And I think in another way, it's also, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think you're doing yourselves any favors by boxing yourself in. Um, right. so that's kind of the reason that at least I look at it. Well, you're a Nashville film vet and, and, You've seen a lot of people working in town. You've seen a lot of people come and go literally and uh, or quite literally. Um, 
when you see too. people <laughs> figuratively, when you yeah, there you go. Uh, when you see people making feature films um, that that aren't successful, uh, they're not and they're not great, objectively speaking. Um, sure. Meaning, not your opinion that you didn't like this or that, but like there's actual technical shortcomings in the film. Uh-huh. Uh, or even making shorts, what is it that you see is happening um, with filmmakers uh, th- that they're lacking that, that you wish you could sort of, like what, what would you whisper in a filmmaker's ear, tap them on the shoulder and tell them, hey, you need to focus on this if you had to pick one skill technically? Uh, okay, okay, so technically speaking, um, I guess, I don't know, I, I hope this is not, this is not a cop-out answer, but... I think on a technical level for me, it would be getting the people around you that can do the things that you don't do or know how to do, or mm-hmm. that is not your concentration. That's the biggest skill you can have. And that goes to anybody. That's not just a director or a writer. That's, uh, you know, the best DP in the world. You know, he's still going to, he still needs to find his best gaffer and his best, best boy and his, you know, best grip crew and, and stuff like that. Like it, it's got, even if you're, even if you're a writer, I mean, you know, some people can pull it off and that's great. I don't, I don't ever write anything without sending it to, you know, a couple of my respected, you know, either colleagues or friends or both. Um, yeah, I, I need them to, to look it over. I need them to read it. I, to me, that's, that's going to do a lot more. So that's, I guess, and I'm, I hope, like I said, I hope I'm not copping out on the answer there, but that's the best skill you can have is to not only, you know, hone your skills on what you want to do, whether it's gripping or writing or directing or producing, but, being totally open to the idea that you can't do everything and you need to find the best people uh, you can to be around you to help you get the vision seen. Yeah, got it. No, that's very good. It's, I don't think it's a cop out at all. Um, I'm, I'm curious though, what the moment was for you, Joey, you mm-hmm. left UTC, you went to Watkins. Why, why, why film, why filmmaking, why writing, producing, making films? When did you get yeah. the bug and, and what was that moment like for you? Uh, so I've, um, always made movies and want, wanted to make movies. The only thing I remember having a memory of before that was the, the Dallas Cowboys because my dad <laughs> loved watching football. Okay. Um, but that's the only thing earlier that I can remember besides that. As soon as I saw, you know, Star Wars and Indiana Jones, I wanted to make movies. But there's this thing that I think a lot of people, and you shouldn't feel bad about falling into this. And I say falling, maybe not falling into it, but you shouldn't feel bad about this happening to you. But, you know, you you have to be an adult and you have to exist in society and make, and make, uh, you know, progress society and make money and pay bills and do things like that. And so it is an easier way, um, at least, uh, for me to kind of do the traditional thing. So I, I, I only needed two credits to graduate from college. So I went to summer school and I graduated without going to my senior year, uh, high school rather without going to my senior year. Um, because I was ready to get out. I was ready to go do it. I was ready to whatever. And so I decided I'm going to go be an English major. And, you know, I'm not going to say don't do that, but there's not a lot of prospects <laughs> otherwise. But after about, I think I went, I think I was there for two and a half years um, mm-hmm. at, at UTC in Chattanooga. And um, I just got to the point where I was like, well, it's getting to these levels where I've got to have, you know, third level foreign language and I've got to have fourth level this and that, whatever. And, and I, my heart wasn't in it. Uh, you know, it wasn't laziness or anything. It was just, I didn't want to do it anymore. And I wanted to make movies and Chattanooga didn't offer that for me. Um, but Nashville did. And Watkins was the best option, um, 
to do that coming back to Nashville. So it was more or less just a, I tried this out and I, you know, racked up however many tens of thousands of dollars in, in, in uh, student loans, which is great. But I decided, you know what, I, I'm going to, I'm going to not finish here. and I'm going to go, go to film school. And I'm really glad that I, I did, I did that. I still have lasting relationships from that. And I learned a lot from that. Um, I think people can go and film something and just go do it, especially nowadays. I mean, all these phones everybody has, is, it's crazy where well, you can shoot. But um, even then, it's like, you know, just go do it. There's still some technical stuff you got to learn, man, you know, and, and going to school and learning that stuff was very beneficial to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was that, that, that I, I kind of got to that point in Chattanooga where I was just like, I've got to. Uh, I've got to go make movies. I can't. Uh, I can't keep writing papers. You mentioned earlier um, seeing Film Nashville blossom and come from nothing. What would you say is the biggest shortcoming in Film Nashville today? Like as a community, or sort of the like, like the people, or sort of the what, what's going on project wise and stuff like that, or more all that. Why don't we hit them all? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest shortcoming for a long time was just, uh, that's not how it's done. And the way the movies were made was, uh, very compartmentalized. I mean, if you wanted to be a movie star, you needed to go to Los Angeles. It's the only way to do it or New York or whatever. Um, but the advent of cheap cameras that shoot well, um, chain and the internet changed all that. And uh, Nashville was, I think, if I'm going to put a positive spin on it, I think Nashville was good as a community at grabbing onto that and uh, putting out the best work we could. Um, whereas some other cities still kind of, and I think to an extent Nashville still has this, but um, still kind of latch onto the, like, you got to go to L.A. to do it. Um, and that's not untrue, depending on what you want to do. But if you just want to tell stories, if you're in my shoes and you just want to tell stories and you want people to look at them um, and millions and millions of dollars or, you know, working on the top tier with the top tier actors is not that important to you as much as it is telling a good story, then uh, Nashville's, excuse me, become a great place for that. Um, and, and I think it's because there's growing pains. Let me put it that way. There's growing pains across the board. Um, you know, you want your movie to do well and I don't think people don't want others to do well, but it can be a hard pill to swallow when somebody else kind of beats you to it. When somebody else's movie, um, does well here or gets picked up or they make a movie shit. I mean, if they, you know, make a feature movie, um, sometimes the community can feel like, um, 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 uh, at scale version of the movie, funny people. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Where that's it's a good like, point. Oh, yeah. it's only, only one person, one, one team is going to make it out of here. Right. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I think, uh, I think, um, you don't have to live by that. No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't expect that everybody's going to, and I think, I think most of us do a good job at it. You know, you and I see each other all the time and, a lot of the people that you and I surround ourselves with are, are usually uh, this way where we want to help each other out. We want to see each other's stuff. We want to champion each other. And I'm not saying that there's not people out there that, you know, or there, there's people out there that don't want to do that. But, uh, you know, it's a competitive uh, field. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the same as sports. Um, it really is in that sense. Um, and you want your stuff to do well 
hopefully not at the detriment to somebody else. But if that happens to be the case, then, then I think, uh, I don't know. I think people are all too willing to accept that, but I mean, in general, and if you look back, uh, at when we did Nashville film radio, me and when Riker, um, we pretty much talked to, I would estimate at one point we did about 80% of the filmmakers in, in Nashville, um, including, I mean, everybody, you know, makeup to director and everything in between. And, uh, our general sense is that most people want to help each other out. So right. that, that's a good thing. And that's something that and, and I've been out several, several times. I know you go out to Los Angeles all the time. Um, it's something that I don't always experience out there in that town. So it's good to, it's good to know that there is at least at the heart of it in Nashville that now, like I said, yeah. there's still growing pains. We still got things to work out. Um, I think that's palpable. Like I, I, it's, it's a tangible feeling when you're out in LA, uh, th- there is a sense that, that it's so competitive and there are so many people there. The population level is just so high that mm. you have to be on the take just to get noticed. And here, yeah. I think it's still small enough of a place and, and there's, you know, Nashville is known for music, real estate and, uh, healthcare. And so mm-hmm. film still gets to be this little pocket where everyone yeah. gets to help each other. And I think that's that you, that you feel it immediately in those two communities. But, uh, you know, you, you started a company, Gold Screen Pictures, mm-hmm. but your business partners have moved to L.A. So why haven't you moved to L.A.? What keeps you from moving there? Yeah, sure, they did. Um, uh, what's kept me is, uh, I, I guess I'll just go ahead and say, aside from the financial part of it, um, What's kept me going was um, a little bit of a want to figure it out here, um, to work with the people that I'm working with here. And the realization that I touched on earlier that, um, you know, what's going on in uh, Hollywood and TV, film, whatever else you want to say, these things, a lot of these things, not everything, especially not at the AAA level. A lot of these things can be accomplished um, anywhere because of the internet, because of the the cheapness of good technology. Um, So for me, my family's here. All my friends are here, though I have several friends in Los Angeles. Um, For me, making a move and transplanting um, hasn't really come into the picture yet, Mm. especially when I, I go to L.A. about one to two times a year, no matter what. I'm always out there either to see friends or to talk to people about work and whatnot. Um, so I still get the benefit of that, but I, uh, well, I mean, I pay cheaper rent. Um, although it depends <laughs> on where you live in Nashville, I guess it's yeah. about the same at this point. Uh, so I guess long winded answer, uh, shorter is, you know, it just hasn't made sense yet. So I'll say just on that last point, Nashville rents have gone up, but it is not mm-hmm. the same. I mean, the, no, uh, it's really not. Yeah, you could pay thirty five hundred dollars for, you know, fifteen hundred square feet in L.A. a month, and uh, sure, that's, that's not the case in Nashville yet. So hopefully, it doesn't get there. Um, you started a movie review podcast called mm-hmm. the Poor Man's Movie Review, which I found. Uh, um, I listened to it and I find it ironic. However, because you you're known for not liking movie reviews, so why did you start this? Uh, I started this because I thought, actually, um, one of the writers that I'm going to talk to on the phone tonight, um, uh, Luke Longmire, uh, he, it was his idea and he wanted to do it as a written thing, but the whole premise was 
rating movies based on how much money you should spend on them. And not even just money, but kind of time, which is encapsulated in that. So the, the general premise is that this is the review system. It starts with don't watch it, don't spend any money, not worth your time. Mm-hmm. So even if it's on a free re, like rerun on TBS, really not worth your time. It's a terrible movie. The second was um, was stream it. Hey, if it's on Netflix, if it's on Hulu, if it's on whatever, just go ahead and check it out. Um, then it was rent it, which basically at this point means like you know you're going to spend some money to pay for it on you know iTunes or whatever before it's on the streaming services. And then the other one was grab your popcorn, which is a broader kind of the broadest of them, which is you know basically like listen, just throw some money at this movie. You're going to enjoy it. Go to the theater, get a big bucket of popcorn, whatever. So to answer your question more pointedly, the reason I, I like doing that. It's like your I'm own not, game of fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> See, it is kind of. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's that's why. So the reason I don't like reviews is because I find them a lot of the times arbitrary. I think that they can be clickbaity uh, in a big way, especially now. Um, what I do like in reviews was the old school type of reviews. So like Siskel and Ebert and things like that, um, where not only were they say what they thought, or, or, or what their rating was, but they would actually explain themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, where the culture now, and the reason I don't like, and I'm glad you said that, the reason I don't like reviews now is, first of all, because of our social media and internet culture, I feel like people um, can't escape reading these things. And because of that, it and it, it, it sort of gives them and, and, and uh, what would I say, constructs their opinion before they even go into the theater. So they go in saying, well, I'm not going to like Joker because I read on the Internet that it sucks. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to like it. So they go in that way, which is one of the reasons I don't like it. And the other reason is that people don't explain themselves. It's usually just a rant and it doesn't have anything to do with it. And to me, the greatest way to fix that was how much should you take out of your wallet to spend uh, watching this movie? And we're going to give you 45 minutes to an hour of an explanation of why we think you should or shouldn't see it. Um, yeah. and it, it gets very political. You're right. I, yeah. In our film we just released, Adult Interference, we had to be mm-hmm. really careful about picking reviews. And we, we actually turned down a reviewer because we couldn't trust that he wouldn't pan the movie. And as an independent sure. film, we can't afford to get the movie panned. Flat out. Yeah. We just can't afford to, for that to happen. And you shouldn't be not, in that not, scenario. Not early, you know? Yeah, you shouldn't be in that scenario. You should be able to put your movie out. You should be able to have the reviewers give you a fair review, even if they pan it. Or even if they have a negative review, let's call it, because panning it, I know where you're coming from there. So even if they give it a negative review, you you believe that there's going to be fair reviews. And that just doesn't exist anymore. I mean, people will just flat out shit on movies. Mm-hmm. And sometimes because they think they're supposed to. You know, and that's... That's why I don't and haven't liked uh, reviews and why I felt like the best place to make a good, legitimate movie review is in a podcast form where you can explain yourself. Yeah, I relate it very much to the football fan who knows everything about football, but it's never played. Yeah, and, sure, yeah. and I think that in movie reviews, because I, I guess because I can relate, relate to that. I played football almost my entire life. Sure. And um Nothing actually beats the eye test because once you're on the field with someone or on the court with someone in basketball, it's like, you know, if they're special mm-hmm. right away. And I think that sometimes in the movie review world, especially in the Internet age, I don't think they realize how difficult it is to make a feature film. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't, it, it is so hard. It is, it is unrealistic and unfair. Those individuals that make perfect movies, they, they are miracle workers. They're miracle workers. It is outrageously sure. difficult to pull it off. Yeah. So I think if people understood and were on set every day and, and had to work through post and had to try to stay objective after watching your film a hundred times to go through the edit, they would realize just how small of a, or how big of a miracle, maybe I'll call it a small miracle it is to actually make a film since it is a miracle that seems to happen about a hundred times a year, but, <laughs> but, sure. but, but yeah, yeah, well, it still is though. And I get your point. Uh, you know, I think though, if, if you were somebody that likes watching movies and that wants your opinion out there and that believes you have a valid opinion, I don't think that you would have to have made movies, but I think you need to have that in the back of your mind, which is maybe what you're saying. Um, where you approach your review differently. If I'm going to sit down and talk about how the Titans performed last weekend, it's always with the caveat in the back of my mind that I've never been on that field. Now I've played Mm -hmm. football, but I mean, I've never been on an NFL field, so I don't really understand it. However, I can be disappointed. So I think somewhere, I think it should be somewhere in the middle. And I, and I think given respect to the people that do it, uh, should be your number one, your number one reason to, uh, to talk about their movie. That's a perfect segue into my next question, which is what are the biggest creative mistakes or business mistakes you see newcomers making? And um, what advice would you give them to, to prevent those mistakes? Um, this goes back, I think, to what I, what I talked about originally. But, well, let me, you know what, I'll just make a different point. I think one of the biggest mistakes you can make is that, you know, and you've got it figured out. Um, it's sort of the whole adage of, uh, actors being the best in their town. Right. And then they go out to Los Angeles or New York and they're nobody, you know, cause they're just in a town full of people that are the best from where they came from. Mm-hmm. So I think being humble about it and understanding, I know a lot more than my friends probably do about movies. They just go watch them or put them on background while they're vacuuming and whatnot. I make movies. I understand that stuff, but you're not shit, you know? And and even if you quote unquote are, if you become a giant Hollywood or, or, you know, TV or movie director and what writer and actor and whatnot, I think still always having that idea that like, I don't know everything. I can learn more. I can learn more, especially this is the most important thing from other people that I work with. Um, that's the most important thing bar none. So I see, I think people get overconfident. I think people take on too much, uh, and they want to be, you know, more or less in my field, as far as the people that I'm around, they want to be the next auteur, you know, they want to be the Mm -hmm. next Tarantino. They want to do it all. And it's like, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but I'm saying not everybody can just start and they do that. Like just surround yourself with people, learn, um, and be fine with the, the little things. I mean, like you mentioned too, I mean, I don't, you know, I've not, uh, I haven't done, I, I've done, I've worked on features and of course produced a couple features and then, um, assisted directed a couple, but, but I haven't, um, directed and written one myself. Um, and part of that reason is I, I want to be ready when I do it. Um, and maybe it's one of those, you know, like having a child or something, you're never really truly ready, but I feel like there's a lot more I can learn. And I think, people make the mistake of thinking that they're ready to roll when they're not. Uh, and then failure comes hard. Um, 
and I know this from personal experience, but you can dip yourself in and out of the film business because of that, because you take the failure too hard. So yeah. setting yourself up the best is, is the, is the best thing you can do. Joey, that's awesome. And you've been so generous with your time. I, I just want to dog leg a little bit and go, sure. uh, take you on a, a, a rapid fire question. Uh, uh, journey, Got if it. you don't mind before yeah, we wrap good for that. you good that with works. that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Down. All right. So Nothing too hard. <laughs> Why Star Trek instead of Star Wars? Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Star Trek is for adults, and I'm an adult, so I'll say that much. <laughs> top, top three Seinfeld shows of all time. Like episodes? Episodes, um, yep. The Contest. Uh, oh gosh, this is hard. Chris, Jesus. Uh, the Contest. <laughs> um, uh, I love the one in uh, like Nantucket. Um, yeah, that one's great. No, it's, yeah, yeah, I know it's uh, uh, yeah the, the 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 pool. He was in the pool. It was cold. The shrinkage. Um, and yeah, then, yeah. And then um, honestly, you know, what? I'm not saying this to be um, flashy, but the finale, I loved it, and I always will love it, and I always defend it. I never understood why people didn't like the finale. I thought the finale was fantastic awesome. myself. I thought it was great. They brought back so everybody good. and they tied it all together in only the way that Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld could. Yep. Um, so I'm with you on that. Um, it's it's known that you are a softy for over the top action movies. So what is the action <laughs> movie that you love that most people pan? Uh, the Transporter. Yeah, Jason Statham. It's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. It's stupid, but I can't get enough of it. I love it. Transporter one and two, so great. I'm looking at them right here on my uh, DVD shelf. Crank two, you could put in there, but yeah, Transporter, I love it. I will confess that I liked Crank a lot more than I should have. A lot oh, more great. than I should have. I was on, I was like, great. oh my god, like the like the pace of it makes you anxious, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that feeling is the same feeling you got when you watch Speed, right? So it's like, oh sure, yeah. Um, I'm I. It was stupid, and I'm not going to deny that. But it was <laughs> it was fun. And sometimes I think action. I think as we we get into movies, we we underestimate fun, like we underrate fun. Yeah, like, agreed. Like I sometimes like 100 percent agree with that statement. Yeah, in, in the world of Trump, we need distractions more than ever that are just yeah. fun and not about anything where we, where we have to go and talk about it with someone else so that we're woke. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Uh, 100%. if you had the choice mm-hmm. we, to date Lena Dunham or have dinner with Christopher Hitchens, which one would you pick dinner, dinner with Christopher Hitchens? There's absolutely <laughs> no question about that. And I date him too, to be honest. <laughs> what is it about Christopher Hitchens that you love? What's the best thing about him? About him? him. What's the most impressive thing? Uh, his mind, the way his mind worked. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I love God is not great. I, you know, I don't want to get too personal on that whole thing, but you know, his his beliefs and uh, what he spoke and fought for is uh, in in line with what I, uh, I also stand for and agree with. And I don't think there was anybody better that broke those things down the way he did. And I think Sam Harris, if he was sitting next to me, would say the same thing. Agreed completely. That's good. That's a great comparison also. All right. So Joey, you've been fantastic. I know we had a little bit of time tonight. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media and on the internet. Sure. Um, so I have an IMDB page, just Joey Von Hager, V O N space H A E G E R. Um, and then, um, 
I don't do Twitter a whole lot, but um, my social media or my uh, um, Instagram is Joey on the Internet. So pretty easy to find. But honestly, if you type in Joey Von Hager the right way, the first five hits are everything that matters about me. <laughs> so <laughs> just Google me. That's what I would say. All right. I got one last question for you. Sure. Everybody out there, you heard the socials. You heard the website. Very cool guy. Talented man. Go find him. Go follow him and show him some love, especially if you're in the Atlanta and Nashville film communities, but really great for everyone. Uh, can you tell me about the raccoon adventure you had with Ted Welch last <laughs> March? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah. I don't know. To make a long story uh, short, as they say, I I had just gone through a breakup, and uh, he pretty much invited me to hang out with a few of his uh, college friends. and and um, This was and in Gatlinburg, we correct? We're going to Gatlinburg, yeah. And, and I was like, you know what? Why not? Why the hell not? And uh, basically, we just stayed in this awesome cabin in the in the mountains that was uh, real, real, real high up, hard to get to, um, not good for drinking. But uh, <laughs> this raccoon decided it's going to hang out on the porch pretty much all the time. And uh, and Ted found a big fascination with that. I w- I'll, I'll send you a photo sometime uh, if I can find it uh, of him and our friend Mindy looking at the raccoon. But is overall, the raccoon nude? Uh, well, yeah, here we are. <laughs> Yeah. Perfect. But yeah. said, hear that, folks? He's sending me nudes. I like it. All right. <laughs> go, ahead. go ahead. Hey, I'll tell you this, though, uh, <laughs> off that topic, but on something else. Uh, if you were a fan and you're listening and you were a fan of Cub of Joe all the years ago, um, just stay tuned because uh, I think we're going to have some pretty soon. I love it. And a couple of questions around those two topics, the raccoon and the Cub of Joe. One, did the raccoon adventure help you get over your heartbreak? It did, man. And it wasn't the raccoon, but the raccoon adventure, those, those would be, Ted was always, uh, or not always, but had been a friend of mine for a long time, but the friends that I met through him are some of my best friends now. And it absolutely got me through it. It was one of the best things that ever, and Ted, man, he's the biggest teddy bear in the world. He figured, he always figures out how to help his friends out. So he knew what I needed and uh, that's exactly what I needed. I literally call him Teddy all the time because he, he's, he's a salt of the earth kind of dude. Uh, uh, the softest, friendliest, tough guy you'll you'll ever meet, and um, on on Cup of Joe, just just for clarity for the audience's sake, this is a web series you worked on between 2012 2014 with uh, your business partners West Power, Leslie Power, yep. um, and it was irreverent. It was fun. You directed yep. and wrote all of these uh, with with the team. Yep. What's what's the concept on how what is what is the the quick synopsis of Cup of Joe and how do you make that into a feature? Um, well, we'll never be a feature, I don't think. But um, oh, you're coming uh, back with a series? Well, we'll see. Yeah, no. Okay, <laughs> sorry. We're gonna first. We're first gonna do a short film uh, for sure. Short film, which is, got it. was an idea that we wanted to do. But then, yes, we would like to come back with another season, and I think we will. Um, but it's basically an idiot figuring out how to interact with other other idiots and get themselves through life. It's. Uh, it's arguably a show about nothing. I mean, it's, it's, and if you, if you, if you watch it, I think you'll, you'll understand completely my, um, my comedic style and what I like, what I like to watch. Love it. It's what, uh, John Malkovich said in, uh, yeah. <laughs> burn after reading the league of idiots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Joey, Very much uh, that. this is awesome. I had a lot of fun. We were in and out of this one quick, but, uh, yeah, man. but I think we got hey, a lot in. Again. 
I got an hour and a half in me if you want to do it again. Absolutely. I, I, had, I had a sense that you did. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, we could definitely do it again, man. And I'll Let's see you uh, on the streets in the community very soon. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it, man. Anytime. Have a good night. Later. Peace. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find out more information on this week's creative, including links to their projects and social media feeds, please visit our website at www.bonsai.film forward slash make it if you haven't already you can join our podcast community on apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice by searching for make it bonsai creative if you do that the show will pop right up you can also follow us on instagram and twitter at underscore bonsai creative and on facebook by searching for bonsai creative and of course if you're looking to take a big step toward your filmmaking success Go to www.bonsai.film and click on Show Me How to schedule a free discovery meeting and needs assessment. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged, and thank you for listening.